0: Oh, Greetings. Today's Advent devotion from First Baptist Athens is offered by Alan MacArthur. His devotion is based on the story from Luke 2 1 through 7. Joseph and Mary make the journey to Bethlehem where Mary gives birth. Alan Hester provides the music to our devotion, which is followed by the reading of the Scripture from the Message Translation. O oh, come, man And ransom captive Israel That mourns in lonely exile here Until the sun Come to the O Israel. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. As I began to reflect on this Advent request from Frank and Emily, my thoughts turned to journeys that are not always geographical in context, and that sometimes journeys often are personal ones. This past August, I started my master's program in social work at the University of Georgia. Under normal circumstances, returning to the classroom at 57 after 25 years of not being in school would have offered its own unique challenges. Adding to that a global pandemic that required social distancing or virtual classroom learning, the challenges of graduate school at some point most every week, felt impossible to endure. I wanted to quit. I would stand at the window in my kitchen and ask myself, why did you do this? What on earth made you think that you could or should go to grad school at your age? Self-doubt led to more self-doubt, which created self-loathing and anxiety and without much resistance, I was deep down the rabbit hole into darkness. My normal vice when in darkness is to medicate. But since this self-doubt and anxiety usually surfaced around 6 o'clock in the morning, I decided it was best that I not yet just retrieve the bottle of wine. I decided to finally take the advice that had been swimming around in my head for a while, offered to me by my therapist, which was just to be in it. Just to be. To just sit in the darkness and listen. And so I did. I sat in that darkness and felt all the feelings, all of them. Every unpleasant one that we all collectively constantly strive to avoid at all costs. And as I did, as I sat and listened, what I heard was what I have come to recognize as God's voice, saying to me, you've got this. I'm right behind you always. So I stayed in school, and I'm grateful that I did. The learning has pushed me to grow in ways that I never thought imaginable. One of my classes this semester was Proceed, which stands for the understanding of power and oppression, promoting social justice, using evidence-informed practices, engaging in advocacy, and celebrating diversity. In this class, I've had to look at my allyship with oppressed and marginalized groups and communities. I've had to look at my allyship with black and brown communities, the queer community, the transgender community, the poor and homeless, the disabled, the elderly. I've had to ask myself, am I just an ally of altruism or am I an ally of social justice, which these and other marginalized and overlooked communities? Is my work with these communities coming from a place of only selflessness and for the well-being of others, which is a good thing to do. For all practical considerations, what one would consider the Christian thing to do. It is charity. It makes me look good. And such work can alleviate pain and suffering temporarily. Or am I doing this from a social justice vantage point to cause change and reform for these marginalized and disenfranchised communities, which I believe is what Jesus is actually asking me to do? So I began to wonder, where am I with all of this? And where are we as a church? Are we standing on some precipice between altruism and social justice in our work with these same communities that are frankly both inside and outside our sanctuary doors? What does that require of me and what does it require of us as a church? Is it enough to just strive to temporarily alleviate pain and suffering? Or is it that our work is actually in doing what we as a community of privilege can do to cause real change and reform? Maybe I have just drunk too much of the social work Kool-Aid at this point in my program. I don't know. Maybe. It has caused me to become vulnerable and honest with myself and to reflect and to constantly question my integrity and how I live my life outside the walls of this church. I want to lead an authentic life and I cannot do that unless I'm living my life with integrity. And I most certainly cannot do that unless I'm willing to be vulnerable about who I am. My professor in this class left us with a parting charge for us as we go forward on our journey in social work. Dare to make people feel uncomfortable beginning with yourself. Advent is the season of waiting, as Matt reminded us on the first Sunday of Advent. And during this time of waiting, he asked us to examine ourselves and reflect. And what that requires of us sometimes is to be vulnerable and to sit, sometimes in darkness, and to listen. I will leave with this prayer that I got from Oprah Winfrey. It was a prayer I prayed every day as I was trying to decide what my next journey in life was to be. Use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a purpose greater than myself. Rejoice, rejoice in shall come to thee.